Greetings, amigops and top teners everywhere. Welcome back on short notice. You just got one from us yesterday to another top 10 with Kyle and Mike. We have some breaking news. Your co-host Mike and I will be hosting an emergency pod based on the impending commencement of the 2018 MLB playoffs. We both know what this topic is going to be. We're going to be discussing which teams you should be following, whether you're a baseball fan or not, whether you have a team in this race or not. We're just going to talk who made the playoffs, and it's 10, coincidentally enough. We're just going to talk about which ones we're most excited to watch, the best month of the year, October and playoff baseball. So let's get started. All right, wonderful, Kyle. So as Kyle said, I do know the topic this week, talking a little baseball. I think it probably makes sense for you to to kind of direct traffic on this one, Kyle, since you are more plugged into the baseball world. I'll give you a little air cover, smart-ass remarks here and there. I think I'll provide a little bit of insight from the slightly more casual baseball fan standpoint. I don't mean to advertise myself as a casual baseball fan, but I think I'm a little closer to that (laughs) than you are. Yeah, being a Tigers fan the last year or so and living in Chicago has really helped me kind of or forced me into becoming a fan of all of the teens in some sense and just a fan of watching the game in general. Not to say that I don't enjoy watching the Tigers anymore. I do. But Mm. if I want to watch competitive baseball and playoff baseball, I have to find myself motivated to watch other teams. And so that's what this is all about. This is going to be quick. It's going to be a half hour. We just want to give a little preview. And if you like baseball, it'd be fun to just talk about which teams we're excited about. And if you're not into baseball, listen anyways, and maybe you'll have something, some talking points and some things to look out for if you, if you happen to catch a game. So absolutely. I think baseball is not quite the water cooler uh, sport it once was, but everybody, there's a lot of people you'll find who will convert into kind of excited baseball fans around October. So it's fun. And I do think the thing about baseball that is, is different than most team sports is the rally kind of roll playoff atmosphere is so real football the best team typically wins but like hockey and baseball there's just magic happens and so the likability of a team at this time of year is huge it's huge it actually has an effect on the field but as a fan it makes all the difference in the world no absolutely and baseball playoffs i think maybe even more so than hockey are just so arbitrary it does not matter how many games you won in the regular season it really just doesn't matter especially with this new relatively new wild card format which i'm a huge fan of which is very appropriate to mention today i think yeah so we're recording this on monday night which means that the cubs and brewers played this afternoon the brewers won three to one which means that the brewers won the nl central and the cubs will now play in a wild card game (laughs) tomorrow against the loser of the other game today Dodgers Rockies Dodgers won their NL West champs so now the losers of those two games the Cubs (laughs) and the Rockies will play I believe tomorrow in Chicago to determine the wild card that that, that's the the National League wild card game this is like a real double whammy situation right (laughs) so there's a lot of whammies yeah and then I, I believe the the Brewers will be the the one seed in the National League, meaning that <laughs> whoever wins that game will then go play the Brewers in the division series. Yeah. So anyways. And less- All to highlight the crazy serendipity and just kind of 
general craziness of October baseball, especially with this new format. That's a perfect way to kick it off. And then less yeah. excitingly, but still very exciting in the American League. This has been wrapped up for weeks. The A's will head to Yankee Stadium to play on Wednesday, and then the division yeah. series will kick off. Yeah. So anyways, let's get rolling. Yep. Number 10. And all these teams are exciting, by the way, but some are just less. So. Yeah, this is a good, this is a fun, good year of baseball. Yeah. Very oh, open. A lot of surprises in a year where we really thought it was kind of figured out before the year even started. Yeah. An example of that is the National League East champion Atlanta Braves. Clocking in at 10. Here's why. Okay. The Atlanta Braves are a year early. They are the yeah. 2015 Cubs. They're the 2017 Yankees. They're the 2018 Braves. We were not expecting this. And yet, because the Nationals just collapsed into a pile of dust, and because the Phillies faded down the stretch, the Braves won the National League East by like eight games. It wasn't very close. And just so you know, some of the things I'm taking into account on this list is length of time since a team has last won a World Series. Everyone likes to cheer for a team that hasn't won in a while. Underdog like status. Both yep. in terms of like franchise history and just this year in particular. Mm-hmm. And then another one, another big one is like just the pure joy of watching that team play based on the excitement I get out of the players they have. So, and unfortunately for them, their most exciting player is a defensively sound, powerful, but not overly powerful, good for a while, no personality first baseman. Even though he has no personality, Freddie Freeman is a delight to watch. He's got such a goofy, weird, like, compact left-handed swing. Yeah. It's very unique. I would say, though, that he's probably their third most exciting player to watch. I am going to be tuning in every time to watch Ronald Acuna hit. That kid has swagger, and he has ridiculous pop. And how old is he? He's, like, 21. He's going to be around for a long time. The other guy is Ozzy Albies. He's a real mm-hmm. pleasure to watch. I, a lot of people probably haven't heard of him yet. He's kind of an up-and-coming hotshot second baseman. He'll be around for a long time. Honorable mentions for Braves players that are fun to watch. Don't forget about Nick Markakis, who made his first all-star team this year, finally. Which, if you're not a baseball fan, just Google around. He, I just looked at his baseball reference page. His career started in 2006. Incredible. He has been around forever and has not been on my radar for like seven years. It's hard to believe he's still playing and at an yeah. all-star level. Yeah, pretty cool. So st- stay tuned. The Braves will be a yeah. lot higher on this list next year when I think they're going to be geared up to make a really serious World Series run. And of course, now that I've said that, they'll probably win it. Probably. Number nine, the Colorado Rockies. Mm-hmm. The thing about the Rockies is they're not like quite in the Western time zone where it's hard to watch their games, but they're in mountain. So they don't get on TV a lot. Yeah. They're an expansion team. They play in a great ballpark that really boosts the effects of hitting for power. So they should be a ton of fun to watch. Unfortunately, we might see them exit early as soon as, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. They do have some really exciting players. Number one among them is Nolan Arenado. That dude does everything. It's kind of crazy. He is the best third baseman in the field probably the best fielding third baseman in baseball is that fair to say there's another third baseman on this list that i think is ready to usurp the role but if he's not one arenado's two yeah and he's also 
probably one of the best offense at third base in baseball. He is a genuine two-way threat. People talk about him in the same breath as they talk about a guy like Mike Schmidt. That's a little bit crazy, but he's the same type of player in that he does it all. David Wright was a similar guy a couple years ago where the defense is just stunning. Third base is a spot where you can showcase some crazy defensive skills. And Arenado is is that, and he's also very powerful at the plate. So he's he's a lot of fun to watch. But they got a bunch of other guys. Freeland's a heck of a ball player. What's his name? Story just hit a 500 foot home run the other day. He's got crazy power. It's kind of fun to watch the revolving door as Tulowitzki leaves and Story enters, mm-hmm. kind of pl- like the exact same kind of player. Charlie Blackman's got a great beard. Yeah, I always forget about Charlie Blackman. So do I. I I'm glad you mentioned Kyle Freeland. He has. I think the record lowest ever ERA for a full season pitching at Coors Field as a starter, but it just goes to show how dramatic the ballpark effects there are. Yeah, Kyle cannot emphasize this enough. It's really important into why the Rockies are often seen as sort of a sideshow. Is there a little bit like a, a indoor football team, like a turf football team? <laughs> the ball really flies in the mountain air in Colorado. And so a lot of times their players are kind of dismissed, but it, it takes a real feat of pitching <laughs> to pitch well for a full season at that ballpark. Cause it's like pitching on the moon. It's really tough. It's yeah. worth noting that they've never won a world series. They are an expansion team. Yeah, They last ap- appeared in the World Series in 2007 against your Red yeah. Sox. Got swept by my boys. They sure did. Number eight. Mm-hmm. I hope no one <laughs> in Chicago is listening to me. I have the <laughs> Cubs at number eight. Yeah. And here's why. Yep. I'm a little tired of it. <laughs> they won it in 2016. Yep. All of a sudden, there's this sense of entitlement i'm i'm sure you understand this just as well as anybody this life cycle is very predictable and very painful <sighs> they're still a really fun team to watch especially a guy who's probably actually going to get mvp votes this year javi baez has gone from a really really frustrating player who's pretty good to a really really frustrating player that's really good <laughs> he had 32 home runs this year did he really yeah Hard to believe, right? Wow. But he plays with a swagger that is unmatched by anyone in baseball and maybe any other sport. It's Is he a bat flipper? He's a bat flipper. He's a stare downer. He's a no-look tagger. He doesn't give a shit about you or anything that you do. There's very few things I love more than a baseball player who hasn't been told that they play baseball. And plays like that. Like, I love that. He thinks he's a boxer. He also thinks he's yeah. like 6'4". Yeah. I like that a lot. I love watching him play. I would hate to watch him play against the Tigers. Mm-hmm. But since I have no skin in this game, I really like watching him. I'm also... It's so... Maybe Anthony Rizzo is the most lovable player lovable player in baseball. Maybe. Yeah. He'll be out Probably. there. There's some great veterans on this team that you love to watch. Ben Zobris. John Lester is... A perfect example. I don't, I don't need to get into the economics of the decision the Red Sox made to let him go and how stupid that was. The point is, he's a beloved player. He came back from cancer magnificently. He threw a no-hitter, one of his earliest appearances with the Red Sox. He's a workhorse. He's the guy. He's one of those guys who wants the ball in his hands in a big situation, and he's picked up right where he left off with the Cubs. It's fun to watch. The dude just keeps getting older and just keeps pitching. He's a big-game pitcher, too. You can kind of dismiss his regular season. Yeah, doesn't matter. He's really fun to watch. And the other guy who I'd really love to to see win 
I think would be his second is Cole Hamels, who's had kind of a really late career resurgence here, and it's been fun yeah. to watch. He's had an odd path, but he's just been likable at every step of the way, and he's an excellent player. So I think the Cubs have a really good combination of young guys that are fun, older guys that are fun to root for. But yes, they're suffering from the problem where they're like that cool indie band that it was kind of charming when a couple people liked them, but now everybody does, and they they won't stop telling you about how their older albums were better. And it's like, I don't care, man. Just watch the game. That's a really good analogy. Yeah. Thanks, dog. Similarly, at number seven, we have the New York Yankees. You know, the Yankees, I, this is not homerism here. They need to be low on this list. This just is not the year that they're that interesting. I think everybody got really excited about the idea of Giancarlo Stanton batting with Aaron Judge. I, it's a crazy idea. The two of the largest men to have ever played baseball. 165, 167, something like that. And they're like 255 cut out of diamond and 280 hewn out of stone. They're crazy big. They hit crazy huge home runs. They had a little trouble staying healthy and consistent throughout the year. So they never totally got going. The team overall was just kind of inconsistent. They ended up winning a heck of a lot of games, largely because the AL East was so bad this year. But they just, they never totally got it together. This feels like a team that's going to be great next year and scary in the playoffs. But this year, they just don't really have a storyline. There's, there's not, there's not that compelling through line, I don't think. I think some of the things I'm excited to watch, anytime either Stanton or Judge is in the box. Yes. I'm, I'm glued to it because there's a mm-hmm. chance that they could hit a ball a half mile. Some players that you kind of forget about that I, cheer for and I want to see be successful again. Masahiro Tanaka is a gamer. And he's a freakishly likable dude. Yes. Also, I have really, really enjoyed the last couple of years CC Sabathia pitching well again. I was going to say the same thing. He is really cool for a lot of reasons. One of which is that he had some real struggles with alcohol abuse and has really turned his stuff around and took ownership of his issues, worked back from them. He's awesome. He's a really likable dude. I love watching him pitch. And the last one, this kid is so much fun to watch. And he feels, he looks and feels, it's a little aggressive to say it after his first year. He feels like Jeter. Have you watched Glaber Torres play at all? Yeah. He's really fun to watch. He's got something. He's got something special in him. And I'm a little partial to him because I rode him to a solid fantasy baseball season. But... It's this, I can't put the Yankees too high because, on principle, I despise them. But they're undoubtedly a talented team, and it'll be fun to watch. As they always do, they have like a lot of good veterans and young players at the same time. And there is some shine to the Yankees that you can't deny. Yeah, th- those uniforms look damn good. So, for the not top three, I put together really quick three teams that I wish had made the playoffs this year. I like that. Number three, the Washington Nationals. I really was planning to enjoy the, is Harper going to do it in his walk year? Mm-hmm. Also, I love Max Scherzer. I really wish we could have seen them pull it together one more time before I feel like it falls apart a little bit mm-hmm. and see if they could break that first round playoff curse. Unfortunately, it was not to be. Yeah. Number two, the Seattle Mariners. This is mostly just because of our mutual friend, Steph. <laughs> Poor Steph. <laughs> And poor Mariners fan base in general. I I really thought they were going to do it in the middle of the year and defy the odds, but brutally, math came down and, and crushed them in the end. 
And the last one, the one that I feel very strongly about, and I'm getting more and more upset that this team continues to fail to make the playoffs, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. What are you doing? I know. You have it's so painful. I think they have the two. Well, I don't know if you would consider Mike Trout the most exciting player in baseball, but he's the best. And they have, in my opinion, the most exciting player in baseball, even if he's just hitting in Shohei Otani. Plus, they have Justin Upton. They have Andrelton Simmons, who is a wizard in the hole. This team is just full of really electric players, and it pains me to continually have to watch them miss it every year. Yeah, it's it sucks to have to continue to like scrape and claw for ways to watch Mike Trout and just never get to watch this team in really big situations. I don't think they'd do anything, but I just want to see them. Just give me like a one-game playoff of them at least. Give me them not getting swept by the Royals in 2015 in the ALDS when they won like 102 <sighs> games. Whatever. Yeah, that was that was tough. <sighs> okay, back into it. Apologies in advance. I'm putting the Red Sox at number six. Wow. I This is... I once again I don't think this is homerism speaking but that that feels tough. This is an exciting Red Sox team. It's very exciting and there's no denying that Chris Sale is stop what you're doing watch yeah. baseball kind of player and JD Martinez is maybe my favorite player playing right now as a former Which Tiger. Which is in, completely insane. It makes no sense but it's awesome. They're a really fun team to watch. But for a team to have won three World Series in the last 14, 15 years, I'm sorry. I just can't get behind them in a way that I can with some of these other teams above them that haven't tasted it in a long time. So I think that's a reasonable take. My only kind of counter argument to this is that I think that there is a legitimate argument to be made that the 2004-2007 team, that's the same team, fine, lump them in together. The 2013 team was this weird, fluky bunch of randos who have nothing to do with the 0407 dominance. I remember telling you you were crazy for telling me that they might have a winning record that year. <laughs> yes, I did not believe they were going to win the World Series at all. But they have nothing to do with that early run, and they also have nothing to do with this team. There's basically nobody from that team. Xander Bogarts, Dustin Pedroia nominally. Like, it's just, there's not that much carryover. Yeah. So when I look at this team, I don't think of them as, yes, they got the same laundry, but I don't think of them as the same team. So I don't feel as impeded by that. And I look at this team top to bottom for the first time in several years. Talent and likability, and a little bit of pizzazz. It's it's very odd for me as a Red Sox fan to go back to a place of really liking my team. That's a fair point. And I trust your judgment on this better than my own, since you're obviously more intimately familiar with this team. It's a good point. I hadn't really thought about the turnover. Unfortunately, it doesn't really matter to me, because I've never seen my team win a World Series, but <laughs> I totally get it. Yeah, very reasonable. But I... I I think were we invested in trying to reorder this list aggressively, yeah. I would probably push for them a little higher. I think that's fair. Number five, then, I have the Houston Astros. I have them this high in, com mo in combination of they've got some very exciting players, and I think there's a certain appeal to seeing if a team can go back-to-back. -back. I think there's really mm -hmm. some magic in that pursuit. Yep. Because it's so incredibly difficult to do in any sport, but I think particularly in baseball. Yeah. On top of that, they have Jose Altuve, who 
<laughs> is a walking contradiction. Yeah, he makes no sense. And it doesn't matter what you like about sports, how tall you are. You have to find him compelling. I I defy anyone to watch Jose Altuve play baseball without a smile on their face. How tall is he listed as? I think he's listed at like 5'9". Okay, and he's... If if he's having a tall day, he's 5'6". He's like legitimately like 5'5 five five or 5'6". Five yeah. He's like he's like watching Amir Khan in backyard baseball. He's like the younger brother. <laughs> not even he's Ahmed young, Khan. Not even Ahmed. He's wow. the younger brother who wants to come play with the older kids. But the thing is, he dominates the older kid. This guy is a hero. He's an MVP winner, a World Series champion. He can do it yeah. all. He you would think with his height he wouldn't be able to steal bases, like maybe even less so than you'd think he'd be able to hit home runs. And yet he does both. His strides are so short, but he just, he moves. He's a, he's an enigma and an anomaly. And we're really blessed to watch him play. It's, it's, it it also means a lot to a guy like me who's, you know, on the shorter side. Yeah. Agreed. But on top of that, probably I said JD Martinez is my favorite player, but really in my heart, Justin Verlander will always be there for me. And I'm excited. I would love to see him win another World Series and, bolster his hall of fame chances i think he's pretty close to a lock right now but he's close but this would be this would be huge this second act in his career has been really impactful and winning a world series would i think be the bow put a bow on top of it but i just want a quick plug for justin verlander so if you aren't a huge baseball fan and you just want a little dose of a nice couple doing nice things. There was a good article. I think Kyle, I sent it to you a little while back. So Justin Verlander is married to and expecting a child with uh, Kate Upton. So. And, you know, I think the easy conclusion is that they're sort of a tabloid couple. But there was an article about how Justin Verlander had gotten hurt and was having some tough times. And Kate Upton was really there for him. Really cool article. Really interesting. Good insight into each of them as people. And uh, will definitely make you like him even more as he takes the mound. That and I can tell you he played in Detroit for about 10 years. And for yeah. all of those 10 years, he was extremely involved in philanthropy, specifically foundations that have to do with veterans. He started his own foundation. He's like always been extremely active in that regard. And I've just from hearing stories anecdotally around Detroit and people that have interacted with the Detroit Tigers, by all accounts, he's a really upstanding person and teammate and a class act. So Really fun to root for him, even though it's no longer for my team. Totally. So, number four. This one hurts a little bit because I've grown up <laughs> despising this team. <laughs> number four is the Cleveland Indians. Yes. It's mostly has to do with the drought. They're now the longest mm -hmm. team to go without it after yep. the Cubs. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, they've got some fun players to watch. They've got Francisco Lindor, who's maybe the most exciting shortstop in baseball right now. They've got some really outstanding arms in that rotation. Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, like big power arms. They had four guys on their pitching staff with 200 strikeouts this year, right? It's crazy. You expect to see a lot of strikeouts with when they're on the mound. And then um, this guy who I can't believe just continues to do it, Jose Ramirez, kind of came out of nowhere. Not out of nowhere. He was a pretty well-regarded prospect. But to come onto the scene and be able to play in multiple positions like he does is pretty astounding. And then kind of the wild card in the mix, they have an MVP talent in D Josh Donaldson kind of yeah. waiting to be unleashed. So it'll be exciting to see 
if he can get into form at the same time that Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor are, yeah, good, good luck. <laughs> and they pulled him off the scrap heap, right? They got him. Did they get him on the non-waiver or the waiver deadline? They got him at the non-waiver deadline, right okay. as right as August waned. I don't know. It's a pretty low risk, high reward kind of move. The Blue Jays are just trying to get what they could for him. So yeah, we'll see. I again, I don't. I'd have a a sore spot for the Indians because of their yeah. their place in the AL Central. But I really enjoyed watching them make that run in 2016, and was admittedly disappointed when they exited rather early last year. Agreed. And I think for me as a Sox fan, I'll always root for Terry Francona. He's an incredibly likable guy who was very unfairly chased out of Boston, was great with the media, great with the players. There's hilarious stories of him conducting interviews from the bathroom. He will poop while doing an interview. He's just, he's amazing. He's an incredible manager. And, uh, I always, I always want to root for him, especially when he's got a good squad with him. And the Indians are a good squad. Absolutely. I love Tito. Yeah. Now we're into the top. I don't have any honorable mentions. The top three. Number three is my, we're getting into the underdogs and the feel good stories. Yeah. If you've seen Moneyball, you know that the A's have a reputation for putting things together from the scrap heap. That Moneyball team in that movie was not a super great example. They did it with a couple players, notably Scott Hatterberg, but they had insane talent on that team. This team, the 2018 A's is literally put together from scraps and almost won a hundred games. The two names that you haven't heard yet, but you will soon, Matt Chapman yeah. and Matt Olson. These guys are playing first base and third base, not in that order. Chapman's a third baseman. They're both really good power hitters. They hit for average. Matt Chapman, we alluded to earlier, he's probably the premier defensive third baseman in the entire game. His his arm is strong, and he's quick with his glove, but his range is insane. It'll be fun to watch the A's play defense because this guy is really fun to watch, and also the A's play in a stadium with a lot of foul ground, mm-hmm. so he has a lot of room to make over-the-shoulder catches and that kind of thing. I hope that they win the wild card game because I'd really like to see what they do in a in a series. What's also remarkable is the names you recognize on this team are names of guys that were good in like 2010 yeah <laughs> mike fires trevor cahill and edwin jackson are anchoring this rotation which is trevor cahill yes oh my god remember when he, he was existed. good with the a's the first time yeah it's laughable to think about that like those are the guys that are keeping this a's team afloat but they also have one of the most dominant bullpens in baseball, and they've been cobbling it together th- through some interesting tactics. This is a team that you'll probably see employing the opener, which is kind of a new trend in baseball that I'm excited to see how that goes in the playoffs. It's just, it's fun to cheer for an underdog, and this team really, really exceeded expectations this year and is immediately going to be pitted against a Goliath of the baseball world. So if you like cheering for underdogs, make sure you tune in to the Oakland A's. And like you said, if you're a fan of Moneyball, it's it's good to know that if Billy Bean had a blank sheet of paper and was told to Moneyball the shit out of a team, this is probably that team he would put together. So this is this is the real opportunity to see his brilliance put to the test. Yeah, and it it should be a good time. We'll see. Yeah, number two, this team feels 
has a little bit of a Team of Destiny vibe to it because they won seven consecutive games to tie for the NL Central lead and then won in very convincing fashion against the Cubs today. I'm really excited for the Brewers this year. And also, admittedly, I'm a little partial to them because we saw a Brewers game at my bachelor party this summer. Yeah, that is that has significantly influenced my feelings about the playoffs as well. Because there's nothing like that. It's it's such a cool. It's it's not unique to baseball. For some reason, it feels like it is, but it isn't. It's just it's that cool feeling when you see a team for the first time, and they're not your team, but you latch onto it. Maybe you buy a hat. Maybe you you get a little piece of novelty, you know, swag from the stadium, and you just you pay a little more attention to them. You pay. You watch maybe a game here or there, and and you get into it. And that's how I feel about the Brewers this year. I totally agree. I we had a perfect day tailgating and going to that, that was game. Amazing. I did buy a hat. I got cheese yep. curds. It was fun. And as much as I despise Ryan Braun, <laughs> there are some fun players to watch on this team. One of whom is Kristen Yelich. Read about him. He's a really interesting study of like a player that identified something in his game that he wanted to improve and just did it. Because prior to this year, he was high average hitter. A lot of speed, great defensive player, but pretty minimal power. And this year, through a very clearly trackable focus on his launch angle, has all of a sudden become a great power hitter. And is, by all accounts, a good team leader. They've got Lorenzo Kane. They've got Mike Moustakis. Is, and there's some controversy surrounding this player that I don't really want to get into. But on the field, yeah. there's no more exciting bullpen arm in baseball than Josh Hader. The dude is shattering strikeout records uh, and kind of read, he's like the, he's like Andrew Miller, but more electric when Andrew Miller was doing that in 2016, I think. Totally. If you like muscles, Eric Thames is ridiculously yoked out of his mind. He is yoked. That was, that was really eye opening when we were at the ballpark. And <laughs> I think I tabbed you. I was like, who is that monster? Like, they're just fun. They've got personalities up and down the lineup. There's a lot of guys in this team to root for. And the great thing about them is if you go down a list of guys to get excited about, Ryan Braun is very low on that list. Absolutely. And it's also worth noting the Milwaukee Brewers have never won the World Series. So that's another thing. Uh, And have been around for a long time. They did. Yeah, they played in the World Series in 1982, but I think lost in seven. Number one. This is based off of the fact that they employ one of the greatest pitchers of all time and one that we have had an infatuation with, an infatuation with for a very long time. And besides that, I think they have the most fascinating lineup in baseball. We're, of course, talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw. He he just has to win a World Series before it's over. And this is <sighs> a good year as any. To. I just want him to win. I just want it. I want it too badly. Like, I know when you want something this badly, it's just not going to happen. He's one of those guys who it's impossible. It is impossible to root against him. And he has had such a string of shit luck and, yes, bad performances in the playoffs. And it's just time to get that monkey off his back. He deserves a World Series. It's time. It's time. And then if you look at the players around him, they have... Tormund Greatmane, a.k.a. Jacob Turner. Or, it's not <laughs> really Jacob does. Turner. It's Justin Turner. Justin Turner. They have Cody Bellinger, who hit a mammoth shot today in their game. He's such a goofy, like weird, tall, 
he hasn't quite filled out yet, and he's really fun to watch. He has a crazy swing. Like, it is just... It's just... Watching him in the home run derby, it's like an elastic band that just snaps. His, I would characterize his swing as irresponsible. Like, yes. <laughs> it, it's like back, some asshole in the backyard hitting people with a wiffle ball bat irresponsible. The bat that's, like, way too long for them. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He's like Tony Del Vecchio. Yeah. <laughs> He's fun to watch. Manny Machado is, like, regardless of how bad he is at shortstop, like, yeah. he's an exciting player. Max Muncie out of nowhere is fun to watch. Matt Kemp is having a pretty good year. Crazy. If you're not a baseball fan, he used to date Rihanna. Yeah. It's, like, the strangest thing that he's good now. I don't yeah. know how he's good now. It's very weird and... I like it, though. Like, I'm into this Matt Kemp thing. Oh, I've always liked Matt Kemp. I'm into it. I like it because I'm still really butthurt about to the 2014 National League MVP, which criminally, and it looks much worse now, went oh, to Ryan Braun. Oh, my God. It makes me so mad. <laughs> that was the year that Matt Kemp hit 40 home runs and stole 39 bases and was a steal away from joining the 40-40 club, which has been done, like, twice in baseball history. I can't believe how terrible that looks now. But anyways. And Ryan Braun was allegedly steroiding his way to an inferior season. So. And then the last note, people forget about him because he went through a couple of slumps. But this guy, not that long ago, was the talk of baseball and is quietly having a really good resurgent year and is fitting in and filling a really cool niche in L.A. Yasiel Puig is a real delight to watch. Totally. Yeah, he he plays baseball like a complete psycho, and it's fun to see him finding his place on a team. It's a testament to their good management, good coaching, that they're not trying to force a square peg into a round hole. They're finding a spot for him. Agreed. And I have it on good authority that, unfortunately, it sounds like Dodgers fans aren't as rabid about this team as they should be, but... Regardless, I find myself in the strange position of really actively rooting for the Dodgers to win the World Series. And it's weird because my family history, I have a lot of people, well, <laughs> my mom's family are strong Mets and Angels fans, both of which have a strong reason to hate the Dodgers. So it feels weird, but I would really like to see them win one. And But honestly, it doesn't fucking matter. October yeah. is the best month of the year in a lot of ways, and this is a huge part of it. I am never happier than on a Friday at the beginning of MLB playoffs when there are four games consecutively. Ugh, yeah. I love playoff baseball. As we speak on this October 1st, there is nothing better than October. I don't know. I, I know that you're in Chicago, and I know we're probably on slightly different schedules, but damn, it is beautiful out. It's The leaves are changing. I was up in New Hampshire this weekend. The leaves are changing. It's crisp. I got a gourd up on my mantle. It's just, it's that time. And it's time for some baseball. It's that time of the year. Get excited. I know I am. And uh, I can't wait. And I'm sure we'll be discussing it more. So that's that. We're going to wrap it up here. Have fun, everybody. It's baseball time. It's baseball time. Good night. Later. Alrighty, friends, that was our top 10 for this week, but now we'd love to hear your top 10. So please check us out on all of our available social media outlets, traditional outlets, 
whatever outlets we have. Check us out on Twitter at Top10KM. That's all spelled out, Top10KM. Our email, Top10KM, spelled the same way, at gmail.com. Or our site, Top10KM.podbean.com. All forms of communication accepted, except for serial killer notes. Please don't send us any of those. If you like the pod, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never have to miss an episode of Top 10 ever again. If you didn't like it, please tell us why. We'll try to make the show better. Our theme music was composed by Kevin McLeod, and our artwork was created by Erin Sant. You can check out her stuff at Sant Design on Instagram. Alrighty, goons. We'll see you next week.